Hi, <laughs> children of the pod, babies. Hello, my babies. How are you guys? How you how you doing? How's it going? Hope it's going good. How you doing? Um, how you doing? Hi, hi, Um, so today's episode is about books that made us cry. It'll be a goodie. So if you're wanting some emotional reads or things that just get hit you in the feels, like this will this will do it. Yes, if you want some good cries, these are the books for you. Andy, what book are you reading right now? Do tell. <laughs> I, I just finished uh, the fifth book of Zodiac Academy, and uh, as soon as we are done recording this, I'll be jumping on to the sixth one, which is, yeah. I'm excited, but it's also, like, I know the sixth and the seventh book are, like, super heavy in, like, regards to, like, emotions and stuff, so I'm a little nervous and excited, and it's gonna consume me, even though I said I was gonna take a break, I lied. What about you, Jess? Um, I am almost done with Twisted Lies. I, um, I'll say this because I feel like it's, it's, like, spoiler-free, but it, it will tell you where I am. Mm -hmm. Um, or people who have read it where I am. Uh, she was in Christian's office and she bonked her head and she found his folders. I love this part. And then he, he, she goes to Ava's house Mm -hmm. and he came over and I just finished the line where he's like, I, I love you so effing much. Like, I just love you so much. And then leaves. Oh yeah. It gets... It's that part, just like, but it gets like, you'll see, you'll see. You're going to finish it tonight, so I expect text messages, so. I was, this one has definitely put me through like the most. Emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's a good one. I loved them all, honestly. Like, I don't think, like. I think, like, if I had to pick one that wasn't my, like, super favorite, just for the storyline, would probably be Twisted Hate, and that's for an obvious reason, based off of just literally one line and situation that happens, but I loved all of them. I just really like Animal Longs writing. I do, too. I I like how, like, quick and easy her books are to read. Mm -hmm. Like, I just like them. They're feel-good reads, even if they're, I mean... Spicy. Yeah, they are very spicy. Um, Okay, let's get started. Let's do the damn thing. Okay, um, Andy, do you want to go first? Do you want to hit us yeah. with your first book that made you cry? Sure. So the first book that literally just, just like, it was so bad. I just sobbed during this whole freaking book. Um, it's very slow to start with. It's a historical fiction romance. Uh, it's called The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. Um, essentially, it takes place in France during World War II, during the German occupation. And it's a story of two different sisters 
Um, one who's married, husband's fighting off the war, one who's single uh, and is basically a rebel and hates the Germans. And the sister is that's married, her husband's gone, but she owns a home. So German, Germany's finally occupied this part of her like town. And so German soldiers are living with her. So there's covering her story about how she's living with her daughter, hoping her husband's alive, um, living with a German soldier. Um, she ends up going through two, which you'll discuss later. But it's just absolutely gut-wrenching. They just seeing the different things that they go through. And it's also a dual timeline. So you have an older woman talking that doesn't really tell you like which sister it is. So you don't really know. Um, and it's a conversation between her and her son. And there's these huge plot twists. And it's just like the ending. I still of it, need like, to read that one. So it's very slow. I will say this. Like I, I listened to like the first half and like kind of struggled to get through it because it's laying everything. It's, it's literally like history. Like it's laying down. It's talking about it. And then once this huge event happens, which you'll know what that event is when you get to, it's about halfway through, you're like, holy crap. And it just picks up. And it's just like, makes you sick to your stomach. It makes you sob. Like, and the ending, the literally the last like four pages, I was crying so hard. I couldn't stop, but it's such a beautiful book. And I have ancestry that like, like has reports of those who fought in World War II. Like I have a par- uh, great uncle who's like a paratrooper who landed like on Normandy Beach, like has all these first account stories that are very similar to what happened to these women. And it was just gut-wrenching. And so there's a couple quotes I love from them. Um, and I love that it's a story of women persevering in wartime. And one quote is that um, from one of the sisters, and it says, If I've learned anything in this long life of mine, it is this. In love, we find out who we want to be. In war, we find out who we are. And then another one is that men tell stories, women get on with it for us. It is a shadow war. There are no parades for us when it's over, no medals, no mentions in history books. We did what we had to during the war, and when it was over, we picked up the pieces and started our lives over. And so it's just so interesting to have that perspective. But it's a it's a really good book. And I'm not one that likes historical fiction personally. Like I get I like I'm very much a romanticy girly. I love that. But this was just like I recommend it to everyone and I tell them like just get through the first half of the book because it's all important but it's laying the groundwork and then once you get the second half you're like you are a masochist and I hate you. (laughs) A masochist. (laughs) But it's such a good one. It's a really popular one but if you haven't read it you definitely should if you're just needing like something to hit you in the feels and cry a lot. Well that's going to the back of my list because I don't need (laughs) to cry right now. Um Okay. One of my books that made me cry is Crescent City, A House of Earth and Blood. Mm -hmm. Um, I cried on multiple occasions in this book, and I could not narrow it down to only one quote. So I did two quotes because there were two distinct parts that made me cry. Um, I will say this might be a spoiler. So if you haven't read this book, skip forward a little bit. Mm -hmm. but okay so this quote um 
Bryce's face crumpled as she lurched to her feet, sprinting to the gate. She didn't care how it was possible as Danica said again, light it up. Then Bryce was laughing and sobbing as she screamed, light it up, Danica, light it up, light it up, light it up. Bryce slammed her palm onto the bronze disc of the gate and and soul to soul with the friend whom she had not forgotten. And the friend who had not forgotten her, even in death, Bryce made the drop. Bro. When I read that part of the book. Okay, so... For those of you who don't care about spoilers and you just kept listening anyways, this book is follows this girl, Bryce. And literally in the first like five chapters, you're introduced to all these people and you're like, oh my gosh, I love them. They're like, they're shifters so they can become wolves. And you're like, I love these people. And they have this little friend, Bryce, who's half fae and like blah, blah, blah. Anyways, they go to a club, they're partying and anything. And she comes home from the club. Okay. So she's just having a normal life and everybody is dead. <laughs> everyone and that's the first like five chapters everyone dies like literally everybody but bryce dies so everyone that you've known up until that point and you've started to really like dead dead well except for one someone's brother wasn't dead but like her very best friend her very best friend dead dead the first five minutes, you're like, what the fuck is happening? And, and it was um, five chapters in. I remember that. And I was reading it and I was like, wait a minute. Like, I just well, like, flip. Yes. The first four chapters, you're just confused as hell. Because the book is, she she goes world straight building. into the world building. So the lot. first four chapters are like, which I actually kind of liked because you get over that lull, like, right in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was like. It was just like the end of Fourth Wing. I kept flipping the page back and forth, like, being like, are, are we sure? And the end of Crescent City, too. Sky and Breath. <laughs> kept flipping mm. it back and forth, like, what the fuck am I reading? <laughs> um, <gasps> anyways, so that part. And then this part, I literally had to put the book down. And I sobbed. I sobbed. Okay. Here's the quote. Funny enough, it starts with Bryce sobbed. <laughs> Um, Bryce sobbed, I bought you and now I set you free. How do you pronounce her name? Lahaba? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lahaba's smile didn't falter. I know, she said. I peeked at, in your drawer and despite the monster trying to break loose behind them, Bryce choked on a laugh before she begged. You are a free person. You do not have to do this. You are free, Lahaba. Mm-hmm. I always want to pronounce it differently than that. I did Yet too. Yeah, Lahaba remained at the foot of the stairs. Let it be known that my first act of freedom was to help my friends. <laughs> I don't even want to reread this book <laughs> because I cried so much. We're both, when we like do our episode in December on these, we're just going to be like crying the whole time. I've already accepted that. I'm like literally tearing up right now. I can't even think about it. <laughs> whose idea was it for books that made us cry i don't freaking know (laughs) okay your turn i'm literally just gonna i'm not even gonna really tell you guys what these books are about i'm just gonna nope you're good um so i'm gonna read you a quote invisible life of Addie larue um loved this book it was really hyped up so i was worried i wasn't gonna like it some people if you either love it or hate it so the concept of this is Addie larue um France again she is uh it's like 1714 and so basically at that point as a woman you just get married that's what you do and so they're trying to get her married off because she's technically like old she's like in her like 
early 20s. So trying to marry her off to a guy whose wife just died and he has like four kids. And she's like, not interested. She has an older lady um, who I absolutely love in this book. Um, I just blanked on her name that they all call her crazy because she still prays to the old gods and while everything like Christianity is booming, but she prays to the old gods and she teaches her how to like pray to the gods and then give them offerings. But she warns her never pray to the gods after dark because they will always answer. And so she's offered all these things to try to get out of this marriage. One day she runs to the woods and is running away and she thinks it's still light out, but it's in the dark woods. And so she prays after dark and a god answers and she makes a deal with this dark god and he she says i want i want freedom i want a life i want to do whatever i want to do um i want to have no limits and he goes granted done and as a result she goes back to her house and goes inside talk to her parents and they're like who are you go away they have no idea who she is And so she goes to all these people, starts talking to them, and then she goes back again to her parents because she forgot something that was hers. And they look at her like, who are you? So anytime she leaves a room, they forget her instantly. So she lives hundreds of years because she's immortal. He grants her immortality. But the thing is, nobody ever remembers who she is. Okay. Okay. So until, but it flashes from like 1714, like the 1700s till like two early 2000, like 2014. So there's a couple quotes that I love in here. Um, that one was on here that she talked about like early on in life because she finds solace in art and she says what she needs is stories. Stories are a way to preserve oneself, to be remembered and to forget. Stories come in many forms, charcoal and songs and paintings and poems and films and books. Books she has found are a way to live a thousand lives or to find strength in a very long one. And then she also talks about how like there's defiance in being a dreamer. And the famous quote for this is there's one individual that you'll find, it's early on, is that she meets someone thinking that they did, she's met him before, doesn't think they'll remember it. And they look her dead in the eye and say, I remember you. And so she's gone hundreds of years is it a man yeah but there's a lot of twists to it is it a man no (laughs) but yeah so one person remembers her and there's a whole thing that's just intertwined with it and it like the ending of it just like i was unwell but it's so good like the concept is so interesting and so cool and i devoured that in a day so i recommend that one i yeah feels I loved it I so feel like much. I, I feel like I want to go read it now. You should read it 100%. I, like, I read it. I, I have it on my it, shelf. I borrowed it from a friend. And then I went and bought the damn thing. Because I loved it so much. And I have, like, page overlays for it now. But it's so good. It's, it's again, like, a little slow at first. But once you get past, like, the initial chapters, you're like, okay, where is this going? Especially when you get to the I remember you part. Because then it's, like... And you see where she's gone and all this history she's lived through. Like, she's lived through the Civil War. She's lived through the American Revolution. She's lived through World War One, World War Two, like, all these events. And she's still in contact the whole time, her 200 years, for a anniversary gift with the old dark god. Who takes on a face of, like, a, her dream man that she's drawn in charcoal. 
<laughs> yeah, read it. After you finish okay. Twisted Lies. I'm in. Um, no, what's all yours? Right, my, my next book is A Court of Silver Flames, of mm-hmm. course. Um, that book, I mean, literally just the dedication makes me cry. Oh, gosh. I know we've talked about that many times. It's so beautiful. It's um, really good I did book. have a... I feel like there's multiple reasons this book made me cry. Um, I cried many different types of tears. So mm-hmm. these tears I cried because I was just like, sisterhood. Absolutely. Sisterhood. Okay, so this is one quote. So um, Gwen whispered, I'm the rock against which the surf crashes. Nesta straightened at the words as if they were a prayer and a summons. Gwen lifted the blade. Nothing can break me. Cassian's throat tightened, which that part I was like, <laughs> he's just Cassian like so proud. Back. Like, and even from across the ring, he could see Nesta's eyes gleaming with pride and pain. Emery said, nothing can break us. The world seemed to pause at the words as if it had been following one path and now branched off in another direction. In a hundred years, a thousand, this moment would still be etched in his mind and he would tell his children, his grandchildren, right then and there, that was when it all changed. Azrael went wholly still as if he too had felt the shift, as if he too were aware that far larger forces peered into the training ring as Gwen moved. I'm not emotionally, you are. I'm just going to look this way because I have stuff in my eye. Okay, and then this quote made me cry because I was like, shit. Sarah J. Mass coming for all us depression girlies. Okay? <laughs> I'm not ready. The quote is, I am worthless and I am nothing, Nesta nearly said. She wasn't sure why the words bubbled up, pressing on her lips to voice them. I hate everything that I am and I am so, so tired. I'm tired of wanting to be anywhere but in my own head. Nesta, baby. Yeah, this no. whole book just. Uh, yeah. Okay, and then this part made me cry because I was like, <laughs> love. <laughs> it's a very simple quote, but because my mate taught me taught me well. Oh, I was like, I love that. <laughs> um. Okay, what's your next book? Um, I'm apologizing in advance. So it's Kingdom of Ash. um i'm not reading the one quote i wanted to read that we both talk about because it makes me cry every time and i'm not emotionally stable to handle it it's the one that we're getting you should read it you need to read it i I can't find it you'll have to send it to me or find it or you'll read it or i'll find it you can text it to me and i can read it if you want (laughs) i'll find it and i'll text it to you um okay but there's a lot of so this is the last installment of the throne of glass series um it's the longest one in there and needless to say throughout there's eight books in the whole series and so this is just basically like the pinnacle of it all all that coming together all these characters have been through so much been through traumas and they've grown together um they've discovered themselves and are coming into their own outside of regardless of how they've been raised and There's two quotes that I really, really love. Um, Both, where Joss is looking up a third, um, both are from, I call, I say Manon, but I know it's pronounced Manon. I'm not, you can't change my mind on that. I don't care. Um, But the first is super simple one that you see everywhere that is, we are the 13 from now until darkness claims us. I always have loved that one. 
just because it's her sisterhood after all the hell she's been through. And then a big quote that I also love is there's a part where they're obviously, like a lot of this book is battles. They're battling for a better world. Okay. And uh, Manon comes out and is talking to a guy that is leading uh, one of the armies and says like, uh, we came to honor a promise to fight. Uh, we came to honor a promise made to Aelin Galathinius to fight for what she promised us. And he like looks at her like a smug little a-hole and is like, and what was that? And she just looks at him as it says as loud as she can so everyone can hear a better world. Like, and these, <laughs> like the, these two characters that are mentioned are like sworn enemies essentially at the beginning. So, Yeah. And then the other quote, did you text it to me or no? If you didn't, it's um, if you can't find yeah, it, I, I'll summarize it. I have it right here. Um, I'm just getting to the the good part, the goods. Bless you. Gesundheit. Do you want me to I read it? I can read it. Do you want to read I it? I can read it. Okay, read it. Yeah. I love this quote, so take it away, Joss. Joss and I are getting matching tattoos of this, so... This is chapter 89, page 748. If you haven't read this book, please skip because... It's a huge spoiler. Like, a and massive do, spoiler. And you don't and want I it And I do spoiled. not want to spoil this. Like, you need to read this in the book or the book will not mean as much to you. Correct. Um, the 13 stalked towards their own mounts. Sorrel uh, clasped Manon's shoulder as she passed, then climbing onto her wyvern... Wimver? I never know how to say that. Wyverns? White wyvern, wyvern. wyverns back, I say. leaving Astrin before Manon. Her second, her cousin, her friend smiled, eyes bright as stars. Live, Manon. I can't do this. <laughs> Manon blinked. Astrin smiled wider, kissing Manon's brow, and whispered again, "Live." Manon didn't see the blow coming. The punch her got so hard and precise that it knocked the wind from her, sent her to her knees. She was struggling to get a breath down to get up when Astrin reached. Noreen and mounted the blue mare, gathering the reins. Bring our people home, Manon. Manon knew then what they were going to do. Her legs failed her, her body failed her as she tried to get to her feet as she rasped. No, as, but Asterin and the Thirteen were already in the skies. Already in formation, that battering ram that had served them so well, spearing towards the battlefield, towards the approaching witch tower. Manon clawed her way to the battlement ledge and hauled herself to her feet leaning against the stones, panting, trying to get air into her lungs so she might find some way to get airborne, find some croaking and steal her broom. But there were no witches here, no brooms to be found. Abraxos remained unconscious. Manon was distantly aware of the shifter and Prince Aiden coming up beside her. Beside her, Lord Wren with them, distantly aware of the silence that fell over the castle, the city, the walls. As all of them watched that that witch tower approached, their doom gathering within it. As the thirteen raced for it, raced against the wind and death itself. A wall of iron teeth. I'm going to keep going because there's keep a good going. part in a minute. <laughs> a wall of iron teeth rose up before the tower, blocking their path. A hundred against twelve. Inside the witch tower, close enough now that Manon could see through the open archway of the uppermost level, a young witch in black robes stepped toward the hollow interior. Stepped toward where Ma Manon's grandmother stood, gesturing to the pit below. The thirteen neared the enemy in their path and did not falter. Manon dug her fingers into the stone so hard her iron nails cracked, began shaking her head, something in her chest fracturing completely, fracturing as the thirteen slammed into the iron teeth blockade. The maneuver was perfect, more flawless than any they had done. A leaf, uh, leaf, lethal, mm -hmm. fa 
I don't know, that speared through the enemy's ranks, aiming right for the tower. Seconds. They had seconds until that young witch summoned the power and unleashed the yielding in a blast of blackness. The 13 punched through the iron teeth, spreading wide, pushing them to the side, clearing a path right to the tower as Astron swept in from the back, aiming for the uppermost level. Imogen went down first, then Lynn, then Ghislaine, her her wyvern swarmed by the enemy, then Thea and Kea together as they had always been. Then the green-eyed demon twins laughing as they went. Then the shadows, Edda and Briar, arrows still firing, still finding their marks. I can't. (laughs) It's too sad. (laughs) Then Vesta rowing her defiance to the skies. And then, why is it so sad? (laughs) You guys get it. (laughs) Everybody dies. But there's a point where she says, all these beautiful witches all 13 beautiful witches all sacrificed like yeah it's just it's a huge sacrifice that Manon has been made into a monster and by her own grandmother and forced her to do unthinkable things and those who followed her decided to give her a chance to live and they sacrificed themselves Light, as Astrid made the yielding, as the 13, their broken bodies scattered around the tower in a near circle, made the yielding as well. Light, they all burned with it. It's so sad. This is your idea. You did the schedule. <laughs> this book. Add this book. <laughs> On to the next one. All right, it's your turn, or do you want me to go again? Fuck. <laughs> I can go. Are you sure? Yeah, my my next one is fourth ring. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. I won't read you a whole chapter of fourth wing, and I won't spoil it, but there was a chapter in fourth wing that I cried like this. Oh, I was angry at that point because it was so close to the end. And yeah, like, and you think everyone's gonna make it. You're like, nobody died! Like, there's this absolute shiz show that's going down, and you're like, okay, this is the bad part. Nope! It is not. Oh, yeah. And there's just so many plot twists in Fourth Wing. Is there a quote that you really liked that you wanted to share from that? Yeah, yet? there was a couple. Yeah, so, one of them was... This also book also made me cry of, like, these guys are so in love. They're so cute. I know, right? Um, I love this quote. I would rather lose this entire war than live without you. And if that means I have to prove myself over and over, then I'll do it. You gave me your heart and I'm keeping it. I love that. Love. Okay. And then the other quote um, is another cutesy quote, but it's, I'm going to keep you. You're mine, Violet. Only if you're mine. I've been yours for longer than you ever could imagine. There's a legitimately depressing and sad part of this book. I refuse. We're not reading that. I, I refuse. And nope. a big spoiler. Like, a really, really yeah. big spoiler. Like, bigger than the one from Kingdom of Ash. And I don't want to spoil. No. That yeah, book. but everyone needs to read Fourth Wing. If you haven't read Fourth Wing, also, sorry for sobbing. <laughs> Girl, this Fuck. is going to happen because it's, um a sad episode and the only reason i wasn't sobbing is because i was literally picking something off the back of my phone to so distract was, you yes <laughs> keep it together like okay i'm an ugly crier it's bad oh same did you see what i was just doing oh that's not ugly 
Not yet, baby girl. Trust You'll see how red my face is. That 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 can't catch bad. Also, we have it's Purdy. I'll cut this. I'm cutting this part out, but we have 24 minutes. We got this. We got it. Um, Actually, I walked in here at yeah. I walked in here at 8:28, so we have until 9:28. Okay, go on. What's okay, your book? Good. What's your next book, Andy? <laughs> so I'm just gonna do a combo because they're the same author. Um, it's the first and second installment of a series, uh, book of a- the Book of Azrael and the Throne of Broken Gods by yeah, uh, Amber V. Nicole. We had an interview with her, and they're amazing. The books are incredible. Uh, I'm not going to go super into detail about it just because it's really hard to explain without giving it all away, but it's gods, monsters, fated mates, um, mortal enemies to lovers, uh, forced proximity, really, really great world building, just amazing concept. I've never read a book like this. Um, but in the first book there, uh, I love this quote most of my quotes are like, these are like super sweet for the most part. The first one for the book of Azrael that I have is we were destined to fight until the sky bled and world shook. But when he touched me, cradled my face as I was the most fragile, beautiful thing in the world, I melted. So that, <laughs> yes, yeah, so sweet. And then from Throne of Broken Gods, these two just, oh, gosh. First one is um, a thousand plus worlds he has seen. Yet when he dreams, he dreams of you. And then the next one is, uh, if you are truly gone, I refuse to live in a world without you. So you'll have to angle it farther to the right, which is a knife that she's aiming towards his chest. That's where our God's heart lies. And mine already belongs to you. So do with it what you will. (laughs) I like, I have reactions on my Instagram of me, like reading the last like hour of both of those. And I literally like sobbed the last hour of those Okay, the last like five pages of book of Azrael. no absolute mess if i'd had the physical book it would have been covered in tears oh my covered. my kindle i'm grateful they're waterproof because that yeah i was, I was just, like sobbing. doing this like tyler came out and was like is everything okay like what happened I'm like, just leave just, me like the thought like the thought of the sound of her scream it reminds me of another scream that we'll be talking about in another book coming up very soon yeah. And I have that chapter. Thank you. I And I say as I thank myself because I'm the one that signed the damn chapters. Anyways, moving on. What is your next book that makes you want to sob your eyes out, Joss? Okay, so I I don't really read this author anymore. It's a Colleen Hoover book, but I don't know what it was about this book. This one was really interesting and well-written. Mm-hmm. It's I feel like I have to explain some of the backstory for you to understand it. So it's about this girl and she's dating this guy and they get in a car accident and he dies. And then she finds out like a couple weeks later that she's pregnant and there's, there was alcohol involved. And so she ends up going to jail and she's in jail for like four or five years or something. And she has to give up her baby while she's in jail. So she gives it up to his parents so his parents are raising their grandchild. Their son is dead. They're raising their granddaughter. And his best friend lives nearby and is also helping in the raising. So when she gets out of prison, she goes back to town because she's like, I want my kid. Um, I want to be in my child's life. Um, and she's actually a really good person. Like, I'm, I've, I'm sure hearing that, like, first little bit, you're like, eh. But she's, she's a good person. And 
Anyways, it's just a devastating book because she's trying to like get her daughter back and you see all sides. Like she wants her child back so badly. He, his parents obviously don't want anything to do with her and don't want her to have the grandchild. And his best friend is kind of caught in the middle because he hates her because he's like, you took my best friend. But then he actually starts to fall in love with her. So then it's like so confusing. Anyways, so there are a couple quotes from it that I just love. But so the first one is, here's the thing. It shouldn't matter if a mother isn't perfect. It shouldn't matter if she's made one big horrible mistake in the past or a lot of little ones. If she wants to see her child, she should be allowed to see her, even if it's just once. I know from experience that if you're going to grow up with an imperfect mother, it's better to grow up knowing your imperfect mother is fighting for you than grow up knowing she doesn't give a shit about you. Because she grew up with a mom who didn't care about her. Yeah. Um, Another couple quotes. This one, just like... This one, I was like... America! <laughs> oh, no. Um... It says everyone want, wants justice, and sadly, justice and empathy can't fo- both fit inside of a courtroom. I was like, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, and then last one from, from that book. But um, what if no one person is more or less malevolent than the other, and that we all just release our bad at different times and in different ways? Which True. is very insightful very insightful anyways i sobbed throughout throughout this book i cried for everybody every character you're like he died his best friend died everybody died. their son died her her partner her boyfriend the person she loved died and the child the father of her child died this child doesn't have have a dad like they all died this child doesn't have a mom because mom went to jail for something that like really she shouldn't have gone to jail for but Anyways, yeah. Horrible. Okay, your turn. <laughs> Yay! Um, I have three more books. Oh, gosh. Uh, I only have one more, so you should do two right now. I will. Um, so one is uh, The Serpent and Wings of Night. I loved this book a lot. I, Joss and I were talking about it. She had read it right after she read From, from Blood and Ash, so it kind of, like, merged. So I'm going to have her reread it because... She loves I'm going to reread it. Because she loves yes. me. Yes. Um, but I, the quote I love from it. So it's really basically from Blood and Ash and Hunger Games had a baby. Because there's like a big uh, sporting event that's essentially like a gauntlet for power. Um, there's like old gods, magic, vampires. She's a human. But is she? She's a human who was saved by this like vampire lord i can't forget the correct term but he's like they can all smell your blood yeah. <laughs> he is basically wait i have to say something time out ryan and his brother-in-law oh gosh saw twilight in theaters one of the twilights in the movie theater and brandon my brother-in-law leans over to ryan and he says do you think that Please edward <laughs> he eats her tampons like popsicles I'm not editing that out. Okay. I'm naming this episode Popsicles. <laughs> That's disgusting. 
I knew it was gonna go straight to the period as soon as you're like they went and saw Twilight. I was like, and here we go. Yeah, they're boys. They're boys, obviously. But oh, I thought that was very insightful. I bet he does. Delicious. How how thoughtful. Recycling. <laughs> Good for the environment. <laughs> okay, we're done. That's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> continue but yes for blood and ash had a baby with hunger games um but she goes through this gauntlet it's a lot of series of tests for this old god that's the god of like the vampires and you learn about all this like world building and like religious building it's really interesting but anyways she goes in to this and you have to kind of team up so you don't die and she's a human with all these other bloodthirsty vampires that have abilities and shiz so she ends up teaming up with someone who's technically classified as her enemy because he's like a different breed of vampire or whatever there's like different kind of things um and they yeah it's great i love them and i want i want yes all the things but anyways so she talks about her relationship with one of these guys uh and says like he did not fear my darkness nor pity my compassion and the truth was the idea of dying without knowing him was completely torturous so that quote just is really sad and then she there's a part where um, the male main character talks to her and is like, I will beg for you if I have to, to basically, like, keep her safe. Um, and she says, like, I would beg for him to break for him, cut myself open like an animal for dissection. He held me open that way, not just my body, but in my soul, too. So you see them, like, yeah. <laughs> Everyone read that book. It's a good book. It's a good book. It's just hard. Like, I can totally see, like, you reading from Blood and Ash and then going into this and being like... It wasn't even that I didn't... Um, There's a lot of hype around it, I too. Literally, I literally just, like, blended them together in my mind. So mm-hmm. I can't tell you what things happened in From Blood and Ash and what things happened in A Serpent you know, Wings of Night or whatever. Like, I can't even tell you the differences between the two yeah. because my brain just, like, has meshed them together. And tell me if I'm wrong, but I cried. This is the one where the goddess comes down and grants them a wish if they win the thing, right? Yeah. I cried like a freaking baby at that part. I cried oh, like same. a baby. I cried because they were the last, they, they were the last you know. two. Yeah. Yeah. I cried like a baby because they were the last two. I cried because of what she wished for. I cried because of what he effing did. After what she wished for. All of it. Just. Shit. Yep. Shit. Okay, I will do mine and then you can do your last two. They're both by and... Sarah J. Moss, the last two, so have fun. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> what time is it? We're good. Keep going. 9.17. We're doing great. Um. Okay. Um, so my next book is a happy place or happy place. It's a good one. <laughs> that book made me cry mostly just out of like, oh, this is such a sweet book. Um, there's a quote where <sighs> he says, no, he says quietly in every universe. It's you for me, even if it's not me for you. I love that. And then another quote by him is you're like gravity. Everything keeps spinning, but my mind's always got one hand on you. And then this quote just hit it home. You are in all of my happiest places. Aww. And this is like a second chance romance. 
like yeah like they're engaged and they break up yeah their friends make them come on a trip with them and they force them into a room together and because they don't know that they're broken up so it's fake dating Mm -hmm. and like all the things and um there's also like mourning and family death and things and i think that's mainly what hit me is like it's very relatable some of those moments yeah because i seriously could relate to it so much that i was like i can't read this anymore like emotional damage okay kill me with your words you have seven minutes (laughs) okay so first one surprise surprise as you know this is one of my favorites empire of storms um this is the third to last so in the throne of glass series so it goes empire storms tower of dawn and so this one this book is sad as hell um the whole book is sad yeah i have this quote tattooed on my body um the world will be saved and remade by the dreamers i love that quote so freaking much essentially at this point because like i said in in kingdom of ash they're battling um in this book they are trying to rally as many armies as they can because literally they are outnumbered they're screwed with who they're battling like there's like no limit to the enemy's lines and so they're trying to just gain armies and this is a quote she pulls out to someone she's trying to rally because he's like that just sounds like the talk of dreamers and she mentions how the world will be saved and remade by dreamers um and then there's another quote by one of my favorites um it's a different not one, it's one of the male main characters and he says it is not such a hard thing it is to die for your friends and yeah yeah, we're just gonna- honestly, you you literally, I, I can trigger an entire fandom with one word. Don't one. Don't do blank. It. Just one. <laughs> just one fucking word. I know. Oh my gosh. We'll end, up, we'll end on a happier one. This oh one just goodness. was like a, a happy quote. Um, it says, "I love you. There's no limit to what I can give you." No time I need, even when this world is a forgotten whisper of dust between the stars, I will love you. And then <laughs> the next book. What's your next spec? House of Sky and Breath. Of course it is. <laughs> From Crescent City. It's really good. I'm not going to read any of the sad quotes because unfortunately these sad quotes are like huge um, spoilers. And I don't want to deal with that. Um, so I felt up with like a really sweet coat quote sweet sweet cut sweet quote um that i love and it's um our law lo- our love is stronger than time greater than any distance our love spans across stars and worlds i will find you again i promise also i didn't realize that foreshadowing until that moment foreshadowing. Right? Right? i just noticed that literally right now i was like Hoo-hoo-hoo. but yeah i love that one and there's another quote that's from another character that talks to the main character and he mentions that knowing her and being a part of her life is like the happiest thing that has ever happened to him and you'll know what it is when you read it and like i was reading that today and i was just like my heart and then there's all these other things that happened that i wanted to quote but i was like that's just like a huge spoiler and i can't but yeah basically if you want emotional damage and you like fantasy sarah j moss is a really good one I almost brought up um, Assassin's Blade, but I decided not to because it's too soon and I can't do it. How dare you? 
My name if is Sam. Brought- my name is Sam Corbett. No! I will not be afraid. <laughs> Seriously, that I remember reading Assassin's Blade first because that's how the publishing order is, right? And that's also how Sarah yeah. recommends to read it. And I just went in blind and I'd heard all these big character names and I was like, who are these people? And I was like, oh, I love this thing. And then I, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Assassin's Blade made me chuckle because, well, no, it made me chuckle more when I got to Throne of Glass because then you really get started being introduced to all the characters that you're going to he- hear, hear about constantly like, through the books. Yeah. Um, but in Assassin's Blade, you hear about Selena and you hear about Sam. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was so funny that Sarah comes up with all these crazy ass names. <laughs> just Sam! And one of them is motherfucking Sam. Dorian. <laughs> like, what? Kale. Aelin, Rowan, Urine, Arobin, Arobin, Sam. Oh my gosh! Ooh. But seriously, as well. it's really good. But yeah, we love we love Sarah J. Moss. If you can tell, as obviously we've been talking about a lot, but there's a lot of other um, book recs we can do. I will probably do a post at some point. Um, after this releases we are never doing an episode like this again about books that make us cry the rest of the episodes will be like books that made us smile <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i'll make a list of just like books that made us feel the feels um and just do a little post for you guys so you can kind of a reference point but we loved these books even though they made us emotional so if you and just it. know that all of December and January, you're basically going to, in every episode, there's a reason to cry. Yeah. In every episode we'll do of Crescent City, there's a, there's a reason to cry. Yep. We will be. Wait, I have a little fun fact before we sign off. Mm-hmm. And this is pretty funny. Let's hear and it. I hope my friend Savannah that, that got me into Sarah J. Mass is listening. She told me, she was like, oh, you'll like Crescent City, but it's really hard to get through because there's no spice in it. She's like, we're waiting for book three for them, like, finally to hook up. And she convinced me there's there's no spice in them. Like, it's such a slow burn. She's like, it's the slowest burn I have ever read. Which, to be fair, I've it read is a slow burn. I've read slower. Yeah, but she's like, it's... So here I am with these 2,000-page books. I'm like, <laughs> there's not a single thing of sex in these. And then, you know, you get to the point where you're like, oh, she lied to me. But I was like... Oh, that part? When it happened. So I wasn't expecting that part. So when that part came up, Girl. I was like, what the fuck? I was literally talking to Heather in our inner circle group chat because she just finished it. Like, she just finished it. So she's in emotional turmoil. We'll see it on the chat when we log off, Joss. But she messaged me and she was like, I've literally read this whole effing first book and nothing. And now she's like, how long? And I was like, it's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. And when she gets to it, I just see like all caps like, it's happening! <laughs> but yeah no it's amazing um i know it's some people don't like sarah j moss and you're wrong sorry come at me i guess but it's not wrong and i hate you no it's not everyone's cup of tea some people just don't like her style of writing which is totally fine but i love her if sarah j moss is not your cup of tea then you're not my cup of tea pretty well that's the thing is like i feel bad because it's like oh But no, we love Sarah J. Moss here. No judgment, even though Joss might 
hunt you down. You know? I'm judging you. <laughs> Anyways, well, we love you guys. I'm gonna go cry into my pillow now, and we love you so much, and we hope that you will post a post of all these books so that you mm-hmm. guys don't have to remember all the names of them. And please forgive me for sobbing. It happens. I only reason I didn't cry is because I distracted myself. And next episode will be we will be finishing out uh Akamath. Chapter fifty five. So we'll finish Akamath fifty two through sixty nine. And the Great Betrayal. <laughs> yep. And seriously. And then next week I don't remember what we're doing, but then after we'll do Akamath another episode and then we'll start Akawar. So <gasps> I'm so excited. Up. But we will see you then. All right, Use well, them, we diddle love you those guys. digits to the follow button. We love you. Give us a rating, write a review, whatever you want to do. Share it with your friends. Love you. Bye. <laughs> you did it. You did it.